Welcome in to another edition of the Doyle and Derek podcast here with the Indy Star. I'm your host, Derek Schultz, and the star, as always, of the show is award-winning sports columnist Greg Doyle. Fresh off vacation, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know if you call this fresh, but I, uh, you call me the star, as always. I feel like a black hole today and really for, for, for weeks and months because, you know, we'll just jump right in because... Uh, I, I mean, I have a story up right now. It's in the paper today. Went online this morning. This is Tuesday, and where I basically said, kind of, kind of took a line from Texas, but Texas ordered more body bags. They ordered more refrigerated trucks. They have too many people dying. And with uh, with the testing being diverted from regular people to healthy athletes, I mean, like ten thousand a day or more. Um, and with sports opening up, and with the Indy Five Hundred. Allegedly going to let people walk into a death trap and then walk out and, and take their death seeds to whatever hometowns they're all from. I basically wrote, if, if we're serious about sports coming back, that's fine, but we're like Texas. We're going to need more body bags. And, of course, everybody's mad at me. How dare you? How dare you notice what's going on <laughs> and write it so meanly? I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Let's fire Anthony Fauci. Let's fire Dr. Fauci. Let's disconnect from the World Health Organization. Let's put our head in the sand. And that actually might be healthy because we're breathing dirt, not breathing air particles. Sorry. What's crazy to me, Greg, is that I think this whole thing, the resumption of sports, right? So the NBA bubble, Major League Baseball with what they're doing, all of it. When we started talking about this, whenever we started talking about this, I don't know, like May, uh, I think I think baseball finally came to an agreement in June. I want to say the NBA was a couple of weeks ahead of that. The assumption was that by the end of July and early August, the cases would be going down, right? Or at the very least, the curve would be flattening. And instead, they're going like this, right? They're, they're going way, way, way up. I, I don't think if we would have talked about starting back the NBA knowing what we know now with the cases and the, the amount of them, I think it would have gotten laughed out of the room. I think the league would have just canceled. Don't you, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing to me, the circumstances that now, and it's almost like, okay, everybody's saying, well, we're already committed to this. So let's just keep going. And I guess I get that with all the money that's on the line and you've already gotten this far. But to me, if the cases were where they were then, where they are right now, we wouldn't even be having this conversation about having an NBA uh, resumption of their season or, or Major League Baseball starting at all. No, but what's happened since May, since April, since March, is we're just all tired of it. We're just yeah. we're we're fatigued with hearing about dead people. We're fatigued with hearing about sick people. Um, as long as we're those of us who are still alive, it must be okay. Let's just get full speed ahead. We've got to open up the economy anyway, and that's true. It'll be good business for the undertakers. Um, and I've got people telling me, yeah, but death rates are going down. And they are going down, but they're not good enough. They're not near good enough. And the way it's going and the way it will go if we start gathering in mass, and I don't think football is going to have fans, but anyway, we start gathering in mass, the death rates will go back up. People – you know, what you said is the assumption is that by now we'd be over this. Well, yeah, the assumption, the hope, naive, was that by now either A, the warm weather would just make it go away, like some people said, or B, the adults in the room, which is hopefully most of America, would be wearing masks and would be social distancing and wouldn't be going to the Marion County Fair over the weekend and wouldn't be going to Lake Michigan until Lake Michigan officials shut it down because there were too many of us. 
the assumption was that we were going to do what we need to do to beat this thing or get ahead of it, as they've done in most countries, I will say. But we're not like most countries. We're America, damn it. And uh, you can't tell us what to do, and we'll die on this hill, and we'll literally die on it. I'm becoming, as we kind of tie it in locally, obviously the next big event is the Indianapolis 500, which is scheduled to happen, what, a month from, we're recording this right now on a Tuesday, so a month from Thursday, is that right, the 23rd? Is it August 23rd? I'm trying August to remember 23rd. what it is. What, what, yeah, whatever that date is for the 500. So we're, we're almost a month out now, just a couple of days away. I'm just becoming more and more skeptical, Greg, that they're going to be able to pull this off. Um, I get that it's a huge facility, and I get that you can space out the seats, but I think you brought it up in your column with the bathrooms and the concessions and everything else. You know, you're still going to have a lot of uh, people gathering in small spaces. And, and you know, yes, the, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is a two and a half mile oval, but when you're standing in line for the urinal trough, you've got 50 people within. 10 feet of each other, basically. So I, I just don't know how you police all of that. I, I just don't think you have the manpower to do it. Um, if you let in 50,000 people, even that would be a, a challenge. But, you know, we're talking about 175, 200,000 people that are going to be on the grounds. Uh, to me, it, it just doesn't. They have a lot of smart people in charge over there, people that are way smarter than me. But it just doesn't seem feasible to me. Well, you know, on the one hand, on the surface, you're right about the smart people over there. Like 364 days out of 365, I'll take their IQ and their SAT test score and their whatever over mine. And yet, and yet, the 500 is coming and they're still talking about letting almost 200,000 people in. And you wonder how smart they are or just if they're as smart as we think they are. And I do think they're all smart. Like Roger Penske is impeccable. His reputation is impeccable. This is not the kind of thing a man with an impeccable reputation would do. You don't do this. Um, you know, I, I don't know what it's. I don't know what the tunnel is. I don't know how many tunnels there are. Do you know how many tunnels, walking tunnels, lead um, from outside the infield into the infield? Any idea? I, I go to through the same one every year. Every uh, time the th there are two. There are two tunnels. There's one basically at the start finish line uh, that right, you can go mine. into, that's and, mine. and then there's another one. That is, I'm trying to picture it in my mind. Um, Your turn two? Like closer to turn four uh, oh. that, that oh. you can go through. Yeah, there, so there are two underground walk tunnels. Okay. If, if I'm not well, mistaken. They're going to have to close those. And I don't know if that means people can't. But then again, but you park in the infield, so they, they can't. But those things are, and I know I know they will surely have people at, at the entry, like letting people go in groups of 10 or groups of, I mean, there's no, there's no way we're just going to move our way and walk underneath that tunnel in that enclosed area for a full minute with the air going nowhere. And yeah. there's a thousand people. There's no way that's going to happen. Having said that, those people are going to walk through there, hot, coughing, sweating, whatever. How long do you wait before you see the next group of 10? Cause that air is not going anywhere. We're still walking right through air particles. So I just, I don't know how we even walk around the 500. I don't know how we do it. I don't know how they expect to do this with a straight face unless we order more body bags because yeah. in about six months, we're going to need them. You got to temperature scan everybody. And that's with the normal protocols with checking the coolers and, and everything else. I, I just don't know uh, again. And, and, you know, 
I wonder, Greg, I, I don't think it's that they suddenly became unintelligent. I still think the people over there are smart. I just wonder, you know, you talk about uh, us as a society. I think it's just being stubborn, right? Like, well, I was planning to go to Lake Michigan all along. So, damn it, I'm going to the lake. And you don't worry about the, the context of, of what's happening right now. Um, and I think that the same thing for the 500 or for the, the NBA bubble, they're, they're already committed They've got all the balls in motion, if you will. And so they're going to stick to it and, you know, throw caution to the wind, I guess. Yeah. And, and I, we probably screw this up. I've screwed this up by insisting we start right here. So we should move on in a second. But I, I do want to say this real quick is that the generations before us sacrificed so much for us. They, they either enlisted for the Army and the Navy, Air Force, Marines, or they joined it after being drafted but they joined it they didn't move to canada they didn't you know use daddy's money they joined it and they fought these wars for us and they did so much and our generation can't even be bothered for the i mean enough of us can't be bothered to wear a mask we can't be bothered we're not willing to sacrifice friday night at lake michigan you know the, the generations before us sacrificed lives and the risk of their life i mean and, I, and it's not the same thing to risk your life going to lake michigan to have a beer that's not the same thing because not only that, you're going to Lake Michigan. Now you're risking your other people's lives, and you're going to bring it back to your community, and you're going to breathe on somebody, and someone's going to die, and you're not even gonna, you'll never know that you're the reason they're dead. You killed them, whoever you are. Hell, it's possible I've killed somebody. It's possible I'm carrying it asymptomatically and have let my guard down a time or two, and I have. I've not been perfect. I am not perfect. I'm trying, but I'm not perfect. It's possible I've killed somebody. Um, the the I guess the the saving grace is that I'll never know, but the the the. The unforgivability part about this is that no one will ever know, and people are just banking on the idea that I, I'm not hurting anybody. Why not? Because it's me. Oh, yeah. because it's you. You're not hurting anybody. <laughs> okay, then I'll I'll, 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 fair, partner. Have you had the test, by the way? Because my, my wife and I are going on Friday uh, to get one, and we were hoping to get the results back. We're going to see her parents for the first time since February, um, and we were hoping to get the results back in time, just just for peace of mind to know that we weren't carrying it because her parents. Well, her dad is 71, and um, her mom's in her upper 60s. When are, they, when are your parents, when are her parents coming? Uh, well, they're, we're actually meeting them. We tried to find a safe location. We were originally going to go to Maine, because that's usually what we do, but we didn't want to get on an airplane. So we're going out to Tennessee, and we got a cabin and, at Pigeon Forge, and we're just going to stay in the cabin all week and maybe do hikes and stuff like that, but we're not going to go into town or, uh, you know, we're going to go grocery shopping the first day and just bring everything back and just basically when, when you said, uh, you said you're getting tested Friday. I'm getting tested. I, I'm getting tested Friday and we leave on, uh, uh Monday. So no um, chance there, no chance. You won't know. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. Listen, and this is serious. And I, I put this at the bottom of my story cause I didn't, I didn't want to lead my story with this. Um, but I wanted to get this in there and this deserves a story all by itself, is that the America is facing it. We have a testing, a shortage of testing. And it's not, we have, we don't really have enough tests, but that's not the biggest problem. The biggest problem is that we're testing so many people that the, the labs are overrun. They can't get, you'll, there's no chance you're going to get re your results back by Monday. And no chance, no, not a chance in the world. And meanwhile, and listen, and uh, my cat's meowing because my cat's right. We're both angry about <laughs> this. Meanwhile, yeah, and I bet you do. Knucklehead. <laughs> Meanwhile, we've got, and I understand the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball. I believe me, I understand that they're thinking if we're going to risk our lives 
to play for fans and let's be fair to play for millions of dollars. We want to be tested every day and they've got the wherewithal to do it and to get rapid response tests. Well, who do you think's paying the price for that? You are because those, those, the labs are too full and the people that could be helping us out are instead devoted to the Orlando bubble. And in, it's so bad in Pittsburgh to name just one city. It's so bad in Pittsburgh that they're telling people like you that, uh, if you want to get tested, if you, for any reason, including you think you might be sick, you're better off just skipping the test, getting self-quarantined for two weeks, and moving on because the test won't get back to you in two weeks. So you might as well just self-quarantine and pretend you had it and move on. That's how bad it is. Meanwhile, John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge getting tested every single day uh, just so we can watch them hit home runs. And I just – that's not a trade-off I think is, is right. It's a trade-off we're all willing to do, but it's just not right. No, and it's embarrassing that we've, and that's a maybe a topic for a different day, but it's just embarrassing how we've all handled this. The public, uh, the mayors, the governors, the feds, the, the whole deal. I, it's just been a, it's been a failure from the very top all the way down to the bottom with how we've not been able to combat this. I mean, we, we sort of kind of did a C minus job in March and April. But outside of that, uh, our response to this over the last five, six months, however long it's been, has been just an, an F, a straight F. And it's too bad. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm absolved from blame from that. I, I'm just like everybody else. You know, we all need to take our part in this failure for sure. Um, I was going to lead with the Oladipo. Not with me around decision. you, weren't. Not with me around you, weren't. Because <laughs> Mr. Mr. Bad News had to get all angry right from the start. <laughs> I apologize. Let's go on to Oladipo. But, much more inter- interesting. Because we didn't have the chance. I know, I, I know your column was fresh today, so we should have. That was the smart thing to be the topic at. But we didn't have the chance last week. The, the last podcast that we did, obviously, was two weeks ago. And we were reacting to Oladipo's decision then not to play. And we were thinking to ourselves, okay, well, this is final. Because why would you announce it now if you hadn't already made up your mind that you're not going to play? And then, of course, it came out last week that Oladipo participated in five and fives. And, hey, he feels pretty good. So he thinks he might play after all. Um, I can't believe that you'd waffle on this decision. I, I don't know why you would have announced it in the first place. But, Greg, what was your reaction when you heard that maybe Oladipo was on the fence again? Oh, I've got a lot to say about this, and I'm going to try not to say too much of it here. I mean, not not too, too, too much, just because I'm when we hang up, I'm going to write about this. And the thing about me, and you're asking about Oladipo, and I'm just going to be very entertaining and talk about me, but the thing about me is that whatever I have to say about anything is going to come out best the first time. And so if I talk about it to you too much, I'll screw up whatever I'm about to write um, and vice versa. But um Victor's lost. He he is lost, and he's searching for something, and and he didn't handle it well, and the people around him aren't equipped to handle it well. The, I mean, Victor has been he's been the best thing to happen to the Pacers since Reggie Miller. He has been. I don't. I'm not saying he's the best player since Miller because I think Paul George was better. But at, at his best, Paul George is better than Victor at his best. They're close. But anyway, um, he's the best thing to happen to our franchise here in town since Reggie. Um, but he's, I don't know, changing is maybe too hard of a word, but he's evolving. He's evolving as a young man would, as a young man who's stationed in life and in the NBA is changing and, and who's gone through the injuries we've gone through. I mean, things have happened good and bad to Victor since he got here and he's not the same guy he was when he got here. And I still like him a lot 
and will give him the benefit of the doubt at times, but I've given it to him too much already. And uh, that's uh, that's on me, and I'll be I'll be writing that later. I embarrassed myself a few weeks ago. I wrote something because I believed in Victor all, wholeheartedly, and that was my mistake. And I'm not going to make that mistake again. And if Victor doesn't like it, he can you know stop screwing up. But uh, anyway, I, I don't. You don't do people don't do what he did three weeks ago and then come back. But but most people have better advisors than Victor. You know, LeBron, as popular as he was and and it is again, and I loved LeBron, and I'm back on his bandwagon again. But but I, mean, I loved him when I was in, and I lived in Ohio, lived in Cincinnati and worked for CBS and LeBron was up in Cleveland. And, and, you know, just, just like I love this state and I love this city. I didn't have the same feeling for Ohio that I have for this place. Um, but I did love where I lived and appreciated that LeBron was there and was blown away that he would go on national TV and rip Cleveland's heart out by holding up the boys and girls club of whatever and say, don't get mad at me. Look at all these innocent children, these children here. I'm going to South beach. That was abominable because he was being advised by people that didn't know any better. And Maverick Carter and those guys, 10 years later, they're a lot better off. But but 10 years ago, they didn't know what they were doing. That's Victor right now. He's he's with people who don't know what they're doing, and he's paying the price for it. Yeah, I, I, I just don't, again, and I can't think of a reason why you would announce that unless you were 100% sure that you weren't playing. There was no rush. We're still uh, 10 days away or however long it is from our first game. And the plan all along, Greg, was for him to go down to Orlando and feel it out and then make a decision. So why wouldn't you allow yourself to go down to Orlando, feel it out, and then make a decision? Unless you're getting really stupid advice, I guess. I um, Look, I, I think Victor Oladipo is allowed to make whatever decision he thinks is best for him. And I've remained consistent on that. And I'm, if he plays, great. If he doesn't play, great. That's up to him. It's his body. It's his money. It's his life. It's his mental health. You know, whatever. Uh, I, I want to let these guys make their own decision, but I, I just don't know how this keeps happening where guys, and, and it happened with Paul George as well. These are smart guys. Paul George is a smart dude. Victor Oladipo is a smart dude. How could you handle these situations so poorly? <laughs> right? I, I just, I, it blows my mind that every single wrong decision that you can make in these, these process, th- these guys seem to make, even when, their decision has the blessing, I think, of a majority of people. And, you know, waffling on this like Oladipo did, it just it makes zero sense to me. Yeah, well, the thing about Oladipo is the intelligence you talk about. He, he's smarter. You know, we mentioned earlier IMS. Those people are smarter than us and blah, blah, blah. Like, there's no doubt Victor is. Like, I assume Pinsky is. Look what he's made for himself. I assume Mark Miles and Governor Holcomb are. I assume they are. Victor, there's no question about it. You look at his genes. Like, his family, they're doctors and surgeons and and PhDs. I mean, th- those are his genes. Like Victor's that rare lo- genetic lottery winner where he's a better athlete than you and me, and he's smarter than you and me, and he can sing better than you and me. I mean, he's got everything. <laughs> so I-, I don't know how he could screw this up that badly. And LeBron is, I get, I bet LeBron's almost as smart as Victor. LeBron's real smart, but yeah, you get bad advice, but we all know why Victor made the mistake he made. We all know, well, it's two things. One, he's got the bad advice. Um, two, he was going to lose some money if he didn't play. And the moment he found out he was going to lose his wait, wait a minute. My even though the Pacers said they're going to pay me. That's why he said, I'm not playing. You guys already told me you're paying me. I'm not playing, which is his decision. That's fine. But then he found out the NBA said, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not going to let the Pacers pay you. You're healthy. You're not playing. We're not letting you, you're not getting paid three or 4 million, whatever it would be. And Victor came back. It's all about the money. And one more thing I want to say real quick, you talked about these guys can make their decisions and they have the right to, and they do. But that is the 
just brainless argument that people that are mad at you right now and mad at me right now make and don't have the wherewithal to realize you're, that you're right. He can make his decision, but guess what, Derek, you've got the right to talk about that decision. And I've got the right to talk about that decision. It's the people that like to bemoan First Amendment. But why, why is so-and-so getting fired for saying something racist? What about First Amendment? Hey, you can say what you want. First Amendment means we're not going to put you yeah. in jail. But it doesn't mean that society isn't going to recoil from you and hate you and fire you. That's not First Amendment, people. Same thing with Victor's choice. He can do what he wants. And you and I can say, you know what? I don't think he made the right choice here. Yeah, reacting negatively to somebody's choice doesn't mean that I disagree with their right to make that choice. And I think too often people people think that that's the case. Um, I will say this. Wait a minute. I, I, I don't agree with people. Hold on. I don't agree that people eat vegetarian. I don't like it. I want to eat meat. Are you telling me, but it's okay that they eat vegetarian? We shouldn't it's throw okay. them in jail for eating vegetarian? <laughs> no. <laughs> it has no impact on your life whatsoever, Greg. So let, if they want to eat kale, let them eat kale. See, I, I mean, <laughs> behead those people. Sorry, I just went a bit far. One thing I will say about the NBA, and let, you know, let's make it a positive, and it's hard to find positives, I know. Sorry if we're negative a lot on this podcast. Um, if, if one of these leagues is going to work, I think the NBA is the one that's going to work because it seems like they have the best plan. And, and that sounds crazy because you mentioned it in your column. What, what's Florida, 49th? out of 50 as far as testing efficiency and all of that. I mean, Florida is a complete grease fire right now when it comes to the COVID stuff. And, and they're right in the epicenter there in Orlando on, on the Disney property. But I do think that logistically, they seem to be best built up to handle it. Like if, if the NBA fails to me, Greg, that means that there's no way we're going to be able to pull off the NFL or, or some of these other sports. I, I think this is going to be a good – this is going to be a good test to see what is feasible for the fall and winter, um, you know, barring a, a vaccine becoming available tomorrow. Oh, there's no doubt about it because only the NBA has all their teams not having to get on a plane and fly anywhere and not having to travel out in public too terribly much and, and, and not going home to their family because their families are out, you know, visiting uh, Colt, the Colts. They're, they're going to, the players are going to, as, as well they should, are going to go back home and hang out with their wife or their kid or whoever and be around the people, their wife and their kid or whoever were around. It's like, it's like you know, that, that herpes on your lip. Somebody kisses somebody, kisses somebody, and now you've made out with everybody your partner has ever kissed because you're, if they have herpes <laughs> in their lip, you're going to get it from somebody else. That's just where the COVID is going, obviously, and the NBA, they're, they're, they're removing that. You know, I don't know that I've seen. I, don't, I know they're testing every day. Has nobody tested positive for the COVID since the, since the bubble started? Has has anybody had to leave several t and maybe they're lying to us. Maybe, maybe this is, the, maybe this is the deal that Zion had personal issues and somebody else, I forget had to leave because they had a family issue or whatever. Are those COVID tests and the NBA is just not telling us because they, I don't know. I'm not accusing. I'm just wondering, has nobody tested positive? Seriously? Oh, you know, I, I'm not sure about that. I, I can't imagine Greg, that if somebody did, the NBA would try to cover it up. I mean, they've got to be as transparent as possible, right? Sure, right. um, you I, think? I, I don't think – yeah, I don't think these sports leagues – I think the organization has somewhat left a lot to be desired and the logistics of it. But I, the transparency to me is, is without question. I, I think the transparency has been great um, from the leagues. I, th I think they're putting all of their cards on the table. It's just that in a lot of cases, the cards are pretty crappy. You know, they're, they're, they, they've been dealt a bad hand. <laughs> Well, look at this. Look, look at how popular Adam Silver is with his players, and and it's not uh, compared to Goodell and compared to Manfred. The, I mean, players hate those guys. 
hate them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can't just say, well, that's the NBA. No, because players hated David Stern. They hated him. And yet everybody likes Adam Silver. Uh, it's a, and he's no smarter than anybody else, although he might be. I, I, I'm talking about those four men. Those four men are all brilliant. I mean, they're all brilliant. I don't know that Silver's smarter than Adam Stern. I doubt it, David Stern. But something about him people believe in. They believe that he actually cares about everybody, not just the NBA money. So, yeah, anyway, they, they've got the best thing going. And they've got a commissioner everybody believes in and trusts that will do the right thing at all times. And they've got a shot. But you're right. If this thing falls apart in the next three weeks, the NFL might as well just say, well, if they couldn't do it, why are we even going to belabor the point we're shutting down to? And the NFL, it's hard to believe, uh, happening this week, rookies reporting to camp. Um, it looks like we're not going to have a preseason. The NFLPA still has to sign off on that. I can't see a reason why they wouldn't. So I, I guess we'll have some sort of an extended training camp. But, Greg, I'm still shocked that there doesn't seem to be any plan. That they, I'm assuming they're working on one, but there doesn't seem to be any plan in place for the, the NFL. We, we've given them the benefit of the doubt because they've had all this time to prepare, yet it appears to me like this is going to be business as usual for the, for training camp. Well, it not, not entirely. And I, I don't, I don't, I know for sure as it relates to the media. No, I mean, well, I know. Yeah. For, for us, I, I just meant for the teams in general, like the rookies coming and they're not, they're not pushing it back or anything like that. It's just, this would be when training camp would start. Even if there was no pandemic going on. Oh, well, from a timing standpoint, business as usual, with the exception of they're removing four or five preseason games for each team. Um, so I guess I guess they're starting on the days that they're going to start. But other than that, I mean, I, I, I'm sh- they're doing everything different, right, to make sure that it goes without a hitch. Um, I don't know that delaying I – mean, I don't know that playing is the answer, but I don't know that delaying is the answer. I, I mean, it's clear that we're not going to be any better off in two weeks than we are today. We're just not. So we can delay two weeks – and just feel better for two weeks that, is, that we're not reading bad headlines about tests being failed. But it's going to be the same thing. So the question is, can they function in this society, in, in, the, in this COVID era? Can they do it? Same thing the schools are going through right now. They're delaying the start by two weeks, which is just, you know, lipstick on a pig. Uh, we're not going to be better in two weeks. I mean, it's not, if anything, it'll be worse in two weeks. The question is, is whatever we have in place safe enough to handle the pandemic? The NFL is going to find out real fast. And schools, some will find out real fast and some are going to wait two weeks, but we're all going to find out. And I think we all know the answer, too. It's just it's like a, a plane. Uh, I'm not a plane, a, a traffic accident happening, you know, in about 60 seconds. We can all see it. For some reason, no one's hitting the brakes. We're just going to go right into it. I haven't thought about this really in, until the past couple of days. But, you know, with training camp about to begin, high school football in, in Indiana starts in August uh, in just a couple of weeks. And have you talked to anybody either at the IHSAA or coaches or anybody like you really do have your finger on the pulse of Indiana high school sports about how that's I saw something about North Central, I think, saying that at least for now, no fall uh, sports or extracurricular activities, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I sit out. I do this from time to time. Um, a stupid tweet. Uh, not well, stupid in that it wasn't nearly clear enough and you give people an opening to interpret it the wrong way. And that's my fault. They'll interpret it the wrong way. You know, everybody brings their biases, right? And they, if they're looking for something to get mad about and you give it to them. So I gave them a chance. I went, when North central said it was delaying, you know, the opening for weeks or whatever it was doing. I wrote out, I wrote, I retweeted the story. It was a sports story about, you know, football's not playing because they're blah, blah, blah. I retweeted by saying, this is a disaster. The whole state needs to have one set of guidelines for the COVID. And everybody jumped on me. Well, why should these Liberty counties in northern Indiana 
be tethered to Indiana's bad rates. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm talking sports. It's the disaster is you can't have some football teams not playing and some playing and some not yeah, and some I agree. practicing. Like you, you, you can't do this. I mean, I, I guess it's like, it's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I suppose if they think it's safe for some kids somewhere to play, let them play. Um, but you can't have a season. You can have a handful of games and you can have it. It's almost like an activity at that point. You know, you can give them a, a badge, but you can't give them a, tur- a trophy. No one's going to win anything this year, but as far as the IHSAA, I want to tell you this. Kyle Nedenrup and Matt Van Tryon uh, are the two guys that that will, will follow this more closely than anybody, and they're going to know what's going on. Um, but the IHSAA, I, of all the sports we're looking at, and you know, California's already moved football to the spring, um, of all the sports we're looking at, and, and there's different levels of this could happen, this might work. Like the NBA, you know, really might work. Major League Baseball, it might work. NFL, maybe, I don't doubt it, but college football, probably a small chance because the kid's going on campus. High school, is, it's not going to work. I mean, you're going to have all these kids in school, riding buses, in classrooms, kids acting you know, dumb like I would have acted at 17. It's just not going to work. It's, it's not going to work. We can try, and we can infect a whole lot of people between now and September 15th when we say, hey, guess what? It's not going to work. We can try, and damn it, we're going to try, but it's not going to work. And uh, there's nothing else to say about it, but it's not going to work. Yeah, Kyle and Matt, I want to mention, do a really great job on the high school beat. Uh, Kyle has for many years, and Matt, a somewhat recent addition. I think this will be maybe year three for him, specifically with girls basketball, but helping out on the high school stuff. They do a really great job. Besides Greg, another reason to subscribe to the uh, to the Indie Star. Um, let's get to a, a couple of other things real quick before we, we go, because this is what always happens, Greg. I send you a rundown, and I'm like, I want to talk about this, 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 and this, and then I look at the clock, and I'm like, damn, I don't know if we're going to have time for all of it. Yeah, um, but you didn't say, I wonder what happened. You know what happened. I happened. I went off on a, <laughs> on a couple of tangents, and I happened, and I'm sorry. I do it every damn time. How about bullet points-wise? Um, I saw something about maybe the Indianapolis Indians looking to change their name because of what's happened you know, obviously in the wake of the George Floyd protests and Black Lives Matter and all of that movement and, and, and just sort of re-evaluating and examining some of these sports mascots, like what we saw with the Redskins. Um, what do you think will happen there with, uh, with the Indians that have been around for, God, 100 years? Gone. Uh, the, the mascot name, gone. Um, the, the way it works, it's, it's, it's about peer pressure. It's about following the leader. It's about decency it's whatever however you want it's about weakness snowflake what however you want to look at it once the cleveland indians made their decision and they've decided right they're changing indians or they're still looking into it they're looking into uh, it right yeah they phased out chief wahoo the cartoon red-faced indian from all of their logos and all of that but I, I don't think they've made any decision on the, the actual oh. name yet okay but they're still thinking about it um the redskins are gone i don't know it just seems to me that it's kind of like once a school district closes, once Carmel closes, if you're in Fishers, you look around and say, well, why are they closing? Do they care about their kids more than us? We're going to close too. You know, it starts dominoes and the dominoes have started. And I don't know, you know, the Redskins are the biggest domino there are and they fell over. I don't see how a smaller domino stands up. So I, whether I think it should go or not, I haven't given the Indianapolis Indians much thought about their mascot, but the, the, the real story, the, the real issue here is do, do we, it's like the elephant in the room is, what do we do with the name of our state? And I'm not saying we got to change it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, if we're, do we change Indiana? Because it not it named Indian with an A? I mean, isn't that what it is? And do we, I, you know, I, and again, I'm not advocating for that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, 
once you go down this road and the dominoes start falling, where do you stop? Yeah, I don't know. This is where you get in slippery slope territory. I, I just think that there is um, there's a lot more black and white when it comes to a term like redskin, which would is would never be accepted in a general form of co- uh, conversation or in any other context outside of the football team, right? Like I have right. a friend who's Navajo. I would never say, oh, my redskin friend. You would never say that. So you can understand, okay, redskin, wrong. We need to get rid of that. Okay, we are. Indian to me, look, I'm a, I'm a white male, so who am I to say what is and what isn't offensive? But, you know, when you start looking at these names that seem a little more harmless and then the state name of Indiana, you know, how far do we really want to go with this thing? I think it's important that we change we, we write the clear wrongs and the Redskins was a clear wrong. The Confederate flag being on the Mississippi state flag is a clear wrong, right? So let's get rid of those. But when we start to have conversations about these, these next level things, the, these lower level things, I should say, uh, it's a tough conversation to have, Greg, because I, I just don't think that it's a no brainer decision like Redskin or the Confederate flag and the stars and bars. I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. And I, I don't really have a problem with Indians uh, because, uh, I mean, I, I think, and I, I should know, but I don't, but I, I think people still will say American Indian. I mean, there's Native Americans, yeah. but I think American, I think that still gets spoken. But I mean, I, I the idea that we're going to change Indiana, the idea that we're going to change Indianapolis, um, I'm going to need somebody out there to explain just how offensive those words are before I'm on board with that. So I, I, I can't be on board with I, I think I'm, I'm taking it back. I, I actually, I, I kind of thought the Cleveland Indians were, were changing their name. You know, I realized that would have made a much bigger headline than, than I, I'm thinking. So I must have, I just, I kind of assumed they were. Um, if they don't. Oh, I think they, they I think it's a foregone conclusion that they will. Yeah. Oh, you do? I, I, oh, yeah. I think they'll be pressured into changing. And I think that'll lead to the Indianapolis Indians change. Oh, but well, I, I don't that, think. Yeah, I, I don't think Indy's going to change until Cleveland does. I think that would have to be the domino that fell. I don't, I don't think. The Indians here are going to change until the major league team does. But there you go. I okay, I, I might be wrong. Yeah, for some reason, my impression was the Indians were the Cleveland Indians. It was a fait accompli. It was done. So I, I guess I'm jumping the gun. But you say it's going to happen. And once that happens, the Indianapolis team has no choice. I mean, you know, that's what I'm talking about: peer pressure and following the leader and whatnot. Once somebody bigger than you says we can't be this anymore, then who are you, Indianapolis Indians? You don't you don't have a choice, right or wrong. You're changing your name. Um, so that will happen. Um, and I hope it doesn't trickle up to Indianapolis and Indiana. I really hope it doesn't. I, that would that would make me angry is not the right word, but sad, real sad. We'll leave you with this. Uh, breakout cult for 2020, assuming that there is a 2020 football season. It, and it doesn't have to be. It can even be, you know, I remember last year, Jake was, uh, the, the guy I used to call us, was, was dead set on, on Justin Houston being a breakout player. He was really high on him. And, of course, Houston ended up having a great season. So I, I think sometimes you think breakout, you think young or you think rookie, but what path are you going to go down with that? Uh, Jonathan Taylor. I think he's going to, I mean, I think Marlon Max is really, really good. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to get the ball a couple of times. He's going to break a couple 60 yard runs, assuming the season happens. And I think he's going to have it. Um, I think he's going to be the AFC. And it's hard to say this and know that that time will, you know, we'll see if it happens. It's hard to say because Marlon Max is real good. It's not like they need a running back. But uh, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be the AFC Rookie of the Year. Offense. I'm going to say I'm going to say Rocky Asin because it sounds like uh, workout wise he's gone crazy this offseason. I saw a picture of him from the Colts account a couple of weeks ago where he looked pretty shredded. Now there have been guys that have looked that way that haven't been able to play. Um, 
I remember, uh, oh God, I'm spacing his name now, the safety from Clemson that Grigson drafted in the second round that TJ really wanted. Yeah. TJ Green. TJ Green, that's it. Remember, you'd go up to his locker and you'd be like, oh my God. Like right. you, you thought that that guy was going to be all world. Just he looked like he was carved out of stone. And so, you know, that doesn't always mean that you can play. Um, but I thought Yassin really finished after a, a very rocky first half. He was a disaster in one of those games in the early season, I think in Pittsburgh, where they picked on him a lot. Um, but in the second half of the year, I thought he really held his own pretty well, considering that it was his first year. And um, I, I think the Colts are going to be able to generate more of a pass rush. And I think that's going to have a ripple effect on the next levels of the defense, including the secondary. So I think Yassin's going to have a really nice year. But if I had to pick a rookie, I, I, I love Michael Pittman Jr. I think he's a perfect fit. I think he's going to be a great player. He was a fantastic player at USC. Um, I love that pick more than anything that the Colts did this entire offseason. Yeah, there's a lot of choices. There's a lot of choices. And and look, I can see Darius Leonard being a breakout player, yeah. uh, as dumb as that sounds. But now that you got DeForest Buckner in there making a mess of things, Anthony Walker's better than ever. Okariki looks like he's coming on. Now, I mean, Darius Leonard is going to be, I you know, I just think he's going to have the freedom to make a big mess of things. And I know he's done that for two years, but I think he's going to make a bigger mess this year. Check out Greg's latest columns. Keep an eye on the Oladipo thing, which should happen in a matter of a couple of days, but also the coronavirus today. Um, Indy the dog, um, a really cool story about a couple of fires in the late 19th century in Indianapolis and how they're linked. You can check it all out, indystar.com slash sports. And I love Subscribe you. today. You entered that that story by talking about Indy the dog because the story is Indy the dog and the video of me and Indy the dog. Indy's my girlfriend, Whitney's dog and best dog in the world and an odd little creature, but anyway, Indy the dog, knower, lover. I don't think feel like when when a dog is involved, you don't even have to sell it, right? You just say Indy the dog, read it, click, go, click. subscribe. Yeah. Oh, that, that's how I am. I am. Yeah. I, I, like you know, like with a dog, if you if you have the smell of steak, it just you know you can see it a little thought bubble and said steak, 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 yeah. steak, steak. With me, you say the word dog, and I'm like dog, 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 dog. So dogs are my steak. And just so you know, I eat steak with ketchup, but dogs, you're safe. I'm not eating. Oh, meat. God. That's how we have to end with ketchup on steak. This was and a really good you, episode right up until then. Really good. That's a, a topic for another time, maybe. I lose a little bit for you each time, Greg. I really do. <laughs> we'll see you next week, buddy. All right. All right, Derek. Bye.